Welcome to the Social World Podcast. Nice to have you back again. I'm Dave Niven, and as always, it's a pleasure to have your company. Now, today, I've got a very special guest, Justin Humphreys. Now, Justin is the Joint Chief Executive of an organization called 318, and he'll explain that in a minute. But it's a safeguarding organization. It's an independent Christian charity, and they protect people from abuse. They advise people. They train people. They, they work throughout the entire Christian community, and they're a membership organization, all denominations as far as I can understand, but Justin will again will explain that in a sec. But it's consultancy. It's training. It's advice. It's, it's a helpline publications. We'll put the website on the uh, text at the front of the podcast and uh, we'll interrogate Justin now. Justin, it's a great pleasure to have you. Welcome. Thanks very much, David. Good to be back. It is, yes. It do. I, yeah, we, 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 to tell the listeners, we did have another podcast way back in the distant annals of time, but um, I hope and I think the, pre the, the principles of uh, fighting abuse remain the same. Hmm. Justin, 318, what's that all about? And, and, and what's your kind of principal kind of um, targets in terms of the work that you do? Sure. Uh, so as you um, ably explained earlier on in your, your summary, we, we are a membership organization. Um, we've been in existence for some 40 plus years. Um, working primarily across the Christian community, although um, increasingly these days um, working with, with kind of groups and organizations of other faiths and those of no, no faith. Mm -hmm. um, so the work that we broadly do is to, um, is to assist those, um, those various organizations with as we describe it creating safer places however that looks you know and whether that's physical or whether that's you know in the virtual um, sense which is you know these days more and more important um, and we do that in a number of ways as you've you've already described so the, the helpline which is uh, open and available to to anybody staffed by a professional team our consultancy services our research activity um, our training um, and our DBS provisions. So our oh, DBS yes. provisions, actually, we, we are the largest um, umbrella body for the DBS serving the faith sector in this country. Right. So in the in the past year, kind of over 70,000 DBS checks being processed for a, a, a range of different organizations. So that's what we do. We, we are um, a Christian organization, as you say, and uh, we are independent. And that means that we are not affiliated to... Um, any particular um, strand, denomination or, or expression of the Christian church. Um, and um, we, we guard that jealously, our, our independence. It's, it's, it's crucial to us that we're able to speak into all the different spaces that we come into contact with in, in a way that, that is objective, impartial and not overly influenced by, by any one person. I think a lot of people will be pleased to hear that because sometimes you can get into a silo can't you in terms of actually being too affiliated to one particular sort of master but you know what I mean one particular yeah. sort of um, way of doing things well I mean 
I know you from before and I know you do a, a really thoroughly good job and I know that there's plenty enough work to last you until the next millennium probably. <laughs> but effectively, what, what sort of, have you seen many changes? Because let's be honest, the, the, the Christian church in its broadest sort of sense, it doesn't get the best press, does it, when it comes to kind of um, dealing with abuse? And I know there's been a lot of changes. Maybe we can outline some, but... You know, how have you? What changes have you seen in the more recent years? Mm. I mean, you're right, David. I think it, it, the the church, the Christian community, doesn't always get a particularly positive press. And and where where there have been shortcomings and and, and outright failures, it is it is right that those are called out and brought into the light. Mm. Um, but what I would say is that. Um, Sadly, there are also lots of um, excellent examples of good and best practice going on that, that by and large, don't get the same exposure. Mm. Um, and, and, I, and I do think that that is a, a shame. And I have to say, uh, in the work that we do, which, as all your listeners will know, um, can be hugely demanding, um, it's the balance between, um, you know, the being able to see that a difference is occurring and improvement is happening alongside having to deal with with you know sort of the more the more heavy end when things have already gone wrong you know and i think for us if if we weren't able to continue seeing that kind of balance it it, it would be soul destroying wouldn't it but you know i think in general terms um there are those areas which many people may be familiar with. So, for example, the attention given to the Catholic Church, the Anglican Church, and now more broadly, um, the, the wider faith and religious community through the independent inquiry into child sexual abuse. Yeah. Um, yes. l lots of... Um, Lots of information kind of coming to the fore about both, um, you know, the positives and, and negatives. But I think what that has done um, to some degree is bring sharp focus back to the role that faith communities broadly play in society and the opportunities that they have to um, to play an important part in creating safer communities, but also the responsibility that they have to carry in doing that well. Yes, I think I understand that. And I mean, I do know, I mean, just from a slightly outside looking in, that both the Church of England and the, and the Catholic Church are, are both, you know, um, conducting intensive audits of a lot of their mm. work at the moment and mm. actually looking at structures and looking at the way that they respond to this. I do appreciate that that is going on. Mm. I mean, I, I think you're perhaps more than many very well placed to judge change. And I think that's always been a challenge, isn't it? How to measure change within any kind of institution or, or particular area of activity. But would you say then that the, um, the attitudes and the atmosphere within the actual, those that manage the, 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 the communities has actually become more uh, aware of what's right and more aware of what's been going on and, and how to actually put things in place to kind of prevent stuff in the future because it used to be just a case of firefighting instead of fire prevention didn't it yeah yeah you're right um i, th I think the question is as to whether there, there is um greater awareness of what's right is a re really interesting question mm. there is more awareness um i think 
across faith communities about the the need to um, be committed to uh, good safeguarding practice um, and in a strange kind of perverse kind of way some of the indicators around that for us as an organization being given that we are independent is um, in things like well how how much um, are we seeing organizations denominations faith communities coming to us and saying um, nothing as far as we are aware has gone drastically wrong um, but we just we just want to make sure that we're doing all that we can to make sure it doesn't Right. So will you help us in that regard? Yeah. Um, so things like audits and reviews, um, you know, the, the, the stuff that helps us lay the foundations for good preventative practice, you know, are, are those things that kind of give us real encouragement that we're seeing green shoots of change in some areas. Um, conversely, you know, the willingness of some organizations uh, to come to us after um, something has gone wrong and say, we we need to be an open book to somebody w will you come and have a look and, and will you help us to to pick through all of this and 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 direct us towards what lessons need to be learned you know so in a strange kind of way both the preventative and the the, the reactive side of things give us a sense that things are moving things are changing but it is still a very mixed bag, I guess, like it is in, in any other sector mm. uh, or context. You know, there will be those who are prepared to, um, you know, stand up and be very much committed towards change. And then there are those that still are largely resistant. Yeah. So, you know, we have to deal with the whole thing. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and your membership are absolutely chock-a-block full of if you want to put it this way, institutions, I mean, you know, I know there's all mm. sorts of faiths, but I mean, who by their very nature look out for, look after and are um, attractive to the vulnerable, um, whether it's, and, 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 you know, whether it's children or vulnerable adults mm. and, you know, um, therefore, more offering an MOT service, if you want to be crude about it, is an excellent thing to do. But more than just a string of garages, I mean, you'll be more open to actually the people who would be open to abuse. And that makes it all the more difficult. And I presume your job makes it all the more sophisticated. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge challenge. And we often say that um, there possibly isn't any other um part of um, society other, outside of faith groups, settings, you know, churches largely for, for, for from our constituency that have the, the task of um, literally balancing um, in proximity the needs of um, vulnerable groups, whether they be children or adults, um, alongside the needs of those who um, may actually pose a risk of harm to those very vulnerable groups mm -hmm. you know so churches and faith settings of all different um, descriptions are are charged with trying to provide a level of support pastoral care connection relationship to both those parties if you like um, and actually that sort of the, the families and networks of each party so that presents huge challenges mm -hmm. um 
in terms of how how that is managed well, how that's managed safely, how we manage to um, give voice to those who otherwise may struggle to be heard alongside meeting the needs of some some very challenging individuals um, you know because that, that is kind of the, the the mission so to speak of of faith groups that they are there to to care yeah. um, without exclusion no I get it I mean and, and also we have to accept the fact it's, a, it's an inviolable fact that because there are all the vulnerable groups that we talked about are actually in more and more in evidence in, in faith communities. People who are inclined to abuse or who are, you know, um, are more attracted to, to be there as well. Uh, mm. And therefore, mm. you know, that, that presents an even greater challenge trying to how to put up barriers, how to commit education, how to protect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All, all of those things, and um, mm -hmm. and and that is essentially what we are committed to to doing, um, to providing a range of services, support, resources to to enable that variety of settings to do that to the best of their ability. Well, let's go, um, can I just let's go through them then, if I might, just about like mm -hmm. a minute on each, just saying some of the things, examples, if I could, of some of the things that you do. Would that be all right? I mean, if I say yeah, for course. example. Who, I mean, training, right? That's one of the things that 318 offers. So yep. who, whom would you be training? You know, give us, a, I mean, I'm, I'm, you're going to tell me everybody, I know. But I mean, who, <laughs> I mean, give us some examples of, of groups that you might be invited to train. Okay, so I mean, our, our training um, may well be taken up by um, anybody from a small local church or other place of worship through to um, large um, INGOs. Mm -hmm. And um, the training that we provide might be um, for a variety of, of, of different areas of focus for, for different members of their teams, you know, depending on their role. So um, just to kind of help you help your listeners um, mm. kind of frame it uh, we have a number of different layers if you like rather than levels um, so we have our foundation training we have our specialist training and we have our advanced training um, and they will pick up everything from the, the very basics which is just sort of this is a general introduction to what safeguarding is mm. all about through to more specialist areas um, such as um, the details of safer recruitment, um, mm -hmm. assessing and managing risk, um, training for and designated leads and coordinators in a variety of different settings, and all the way then up to um, safeguarding responsibilities for trustees of, of charities. Yeah. So um, we, we try and um, cover a, as, as many different training needs as we possibly can within that framework. Yeah, yeah understood. And, and of course, that all automatically flows. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, this is one of these situations, and I suspect it is within your work as well, is when you were at school, did you ever think that you would use Venn diagrams? <laughs> uh, when you got to the world of work but if you think about it your training offers that you you've just outlined overlap with some of the other things that you actually specialize in such as presumably consultancy and audits and yes. so forth of organizations you want to just say a little bit about them yeah sure so our, our um 
consultancy services, which is the arm of, of the organisation that provides things like risk assessments of clergy and, and other officials, mm. um, case reviews, um, lessons learned, reviews, audits. Um, that at the moment, you, you, your listeners might be surprised to hear that that is probably one of our busiest areas at, at, at this oh. this kind of um, point of lockdown and, and um, COVID-19. Um and it's hugely varied and hugely complex. So we're, we're privileged to have a, a highly skilled team working on those those pieces of work. Um, and sometimes you're, you're right, Dave, you know, talking about the overlaps, sometimes um, the need for a piece of work like that comes out of um, having attended training or having put a call into our helpline just to kind of open up a discussion about a, a challenge or an issue that they're facing and mm. it, it moves along to that more um, in-depth intensive support so yeah they do overlap and, and they feed each other well okay um, now is your helpline busy a helpline is busy, yeah. Um, I mean, we we've seen a a bit of a downturn, uh, in all honesty, in terms of uh, use of the helpline, but but it is still busy. Um, and I guess you know, for us, given that we are um, largely supporting um, churches and other places of worship, given that uh, for the most part they have not been able to um, meet together for what might be described as gathered or collective um, worship activities, mm. the things that they have traditionally been doing aren't, aren't happening so much uh, at the moment. And what is happening is shifted from um, sort of face-to-face -face interaction to virtual platforms, you know, so meetings of one kind yes. or another taking place on, you know, Zoom mm. or, or, mm. or Teams or whatever. Um, you know, so that has an impact on calls for support, as you would expect. Um, so what I think we're, we're seeing is that the, the nature of the calls that we get um, is is being skewed somewhat by um, the current climate. Um, but we're pleased to say that the helpline is still there, still running and, and, and still uh, available for people to access as they need it. Well, and I'm sure it will change a bit too when the COVID things easy as yeah, I think it will too. Yeah, you've got a publication too, is that right? A, a regular publication? Yeah, we we twice a year um, for our members. That is, we we send mm. out um, a a publication which we we kind of use to try and pull together some of the the key things that are going on in 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 the world as we see it, um, things that will be of interest to um, to people that we're connected with, you know. So there'll be a range of things. Some of them are just sort of informative articles. Some of them are more sort of educationally um, based. Um, you know, so yeah, we do that, and we do a range of other things as well. So we 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 push out a, a monthly um, update, which kind of sweeps up news articles and policy and legislative change. You know, the kind of thing. Oh, I do. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, we 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 do that as well for for our members, and and we try to keep our website as as fresh as we possibly mm. can as well. So mm. even if you're not a member. Um, with 318, you can still visit the website and hopefully find um, a, a good deal of um, interesting and helpful content. Well, all all of the details about your website, your your kind of um, the whole helpline and and any public anything you want, we'll, we'll we'll put links to it on the front of the text at at, at the podcast here. I mean, Thank I you. suppose the last few items you've talked about. 
I've got to mention too, because when you, you and I did do some work together a few years mm. back in terms mm. of media, yeah, um, and in terms of the image of the organisation in the media, mm. because as we know today, whether it's written media, broadcast media, or more more uh, growth area, social media, mm. um, uh, your image is is quite important in terms of getting your message out. And yeah. actually um, telling people what you're available for and what mm-hmm. expertise you have available to offer. So how, yeah. would you say that you're pleased with how your image, how you're seen within the, the wider community or, or always could do more? Well, of course, I'm going to say we can always do more, <laughs> but, but, mm-hmm. but, but I am largely pleased with it. Um, since since um, perhaps we, we, we did our last um, substantial piece of work together, David, um, as you know, we, we've had a complete rebrand. Yes. Um, and, and our name 318 has kind of come out of, of, of that process. So for, for, for those that, that yes. don't know. You better say what it is, actually. I probably yeah. better had, hadn't I? <laughs> so um, as you would expect, as, as a Christian organization, um, we, we take our kind of motivation and inspiration from uh, from the Bible. And 31.8 refers to um, a passage in the Bible from Proverbs, chapter 31, verse 8, which says simply this, um, speak out on behalf of the voiceless and for the rights of all who are vulnerable. That, that's that's the verse. And that is what inspires us to do what we do. So, you know, we're very clear to say, look, re- regardless of whether the people that we work with share our faith, at least we can articulate that and explain to people w- what it is that drives us and, and, and why we believe it's important to be here doing what we do. Um, so part of that is kind of um, wrapped up in all our messaging as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are we're really pleased we're about three three years in now to um to that that rebrand as as an organization um and of course the difficulty that 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 we often face is that we are a charity Mm. and but at the same time um you know we we need to make sure that we are financially um viable and sustainable for the long term um so there is always an ask in a sense to be made you know whether that be for um for funding um whether that be um to say look this this is who we are what we do uh, and what we can offer to you get in touch you know those things are always the sorts of messages that we that we have to give um and i'm delighted to say that for for the, for the most part we we find ourselves being called on more and more by a, a wider range of of organizations and individuals to try and help them understand what safeguarding in faith context looks like and at, well, at the end of the day that's yeah. what we're all about yeah i was going to ask actually about that because i mean in a sense you know you're kind of billed as an independent christian charity but yet you've made a clear point that you're um, available and open to all faiths. Yes. Um, you know, have you had? Is that become a? Is that a problem for you that you're seen as like you know siloed as Christian just or or actually are you actually quite pleased that you're actually seen as this you know open to to all faiths kind of um, service? Well, it's an interesting question, and um, I think that there there are some that will still look at us and say, "Oh, they're they're a Christian organisation, 
we're, we're not Christian, therefore they're not going to be able to help us. You know, mm. there, there will always, always unfortunately be um, th- those kind of misunderstandings. Um, but what we are seeing, as I think I've, I've alluded to already, is more and more that particularly organisations of other faiths are coming to us simply because um, having looked to try and find an organization let's say that is inspired by their own particular faith or belief or religion um, that they they haven't been able to find an organization that can provide them with the the support that they require so they would rather work with an organization that, that broadly understands the concept of faith than one that perhaps might not um, you know, so that's certainly um, increasingly becoming becoming the case. But you know, having said all of that, um, we also provide services to some pretty large um, household names, secular, if I can u- use that that term. Um, yeah, so yeah, organisations that 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 many people w- would would know and clearly have nothing to do with the Christian faith, and we're privileged to to, to be able to do that too. Fine. I have that. that was needed saying, I think. Um, what about, okay, these days you will know well, because within the kind of safeguarding community, you know that, I mean, things change so much over the years, don't they? I mean, when I, when I started in, in, in the work oh, years ago, child abuse was called, um, what was it? It was um, before even, it was called over-chastisement. Yeah. And then we had non-accidental injury. Yeah. And then we had child abuse. And mm. then we had, um, oh, something else and something else and no safeguarding. I mean, you know, you, you have a change of title many, many times, but it does come with a change in understanding too. But mm. more recently, people are expecting to be a multi-agency approach to things. And I wondered mm. how you got on with your neighbours. So, for example, um, the statutory bodies, social services, mm. law enforcement, mm. health, etc. I mean... Good relationships? Yeah, generally speaking, we, we do. And um, again, it's really pleasing to to be in a position where we fairly regularly get contacts from local police forces, uh, local children's services, ad- adult care, um, asking for our our support in working with, with, with particular issues. Um, so that's um, always really pleasing. Um, and equally, um, at, a, at a sort of a, a central um, na- national government level, you know, to be um, to be invited round the table, um, you know, with various departments, whether it be DCMS or Diffidas was or Ministry of Justice, you know, to, to help people kind of pick through the issues of safeguarding in faith context is is an absolute and privilege, and we're seeing more and more of that happening. In fact. To the point where back in 2018, um, I met with Sarah Champion MP, who, who many of your, your listeners may be aware of, who's been um, very much a driving force in, in relation to um, exposing um, child exploitation and, and, and what have you in the north of the, the, the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and nationally now, we spoke in 2018 and um, recognised that there was a real appetite and need to bring some focus to the area of safeguarding and faith setting. So we established 
the first all-party parliamentary group to focus on that issue. Mm -hmm. um, so our engagement with parliamentarians, with 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 ministers, with with policymakers, um, is is also now a an increasing and key part of our work. Um, so whether it be you know local agencies or, or mm -hmm. whether it be um, you know government departments and agencies at a national level. Um, it's it's important that we maintain those connections and, and work closely together with them. Okay. Well, look, we're kind of coming to the end of things a little bit in terms of time, but I wondered if maybe for the last couple of minutes you might want to say, well, I might want to just say, well, what would your message be in terms of um, speaking to individuals or faith groups or even secular groups that haven't actually thought about your services but might be stimulated by listening to this to think about approaching you and talking about things and just seeing what you had to offer you know what, what would you what would you say to them and the wider public about um, just your take on um, who's available in the shadows we've got to say but protecting mm -hmm. the vulnerable yeah sure well I think firstly what I'd say is um, you are absolutely welcome um, to make contact with us, um, regardless of, of whether you um, share our faith, any other faith or no faith at all. You're absolutely welcome. We are open to all. Um, and we'd be delighted to have conversations with you. Um, I think what I would suggest as a first stop is that, that people perhaps um, visit our website, um, which is 318.org. Um, and David, thank you. You've, you've agreed to put links in the, in the mm -hmm. text below. Mm -hmm. um, I'd encourage people to have a look at that, get a sense of who we are, what we do and how we might be able to assist you. So whether it might be that, that you, you know, you are now aware that we operate a helpline, um, you know, please make use of that. If, if having perused our training offer, you think that there's something that, that would be of, of use and value to you again please get in touch with us about that or or any of our services frankly and i guess what i would say is that ultimately um our purpose as an organization is to assist anybody with um, their efforts to create safer places whether that be for children or adults whether it be um you know kind of in the physical world or or, or the virtual slash digital world um so we're in it together uh, we we want to support whoever feels they may require that that level of support, um, and we're really a friendly bunch. You know, we're we're, we're friendly. We're That's down helpful. to earth. Yeah, <laughs> we're friendly. We're down to earth, and and we are privileged to have um, a huge breadth of expertise from from multidisciplinary backgrounds on the team. So um, we're we're there for you. Okay. Well, look, Justin Humphreys, thanks for sharing your thoughts on the social world. Um, it's been a pleasure and um, I wish you very well in the future. So thank you very much. Thanks for having me back, David. It's been a pleasure.